Live from Lincoln Center in the heart of the Dallas Metroplex, this is Nip Talk. An honest and uncensored show about plastic surgery, health, beauty, and lifestyle. With your host, plastic surgeon Dr. Bruce Herman, and your co-host, entrepreneur and social media influencer Sarah Bennett. Now it's time to discuss the good, the bad, and the ugly of the topics everyone is talking about. It's time for Nip Talk. Hello, everybody. Happy Friday, and welcome to Nip Talk. I'm your host, plastic surgeon, Dr. Bruce Herman. For all those watching live and on recording, thank you. We do appreciate it. Please hit that like and subscribe button, and also leave us a comment. We want to answer your questions. With me today is my co-host, Sarah Bennett. How are you doing today, Sarah? What's up? I'm pretty good. I love your outfit today. Now, thank you. Is that from your store? Yeah, usually everything I wear is from oh, you, my store, but this really? is from okay. last year. Oh, it's but like last, last year's stuff. Last week's episode, I was So last Monet week laptop. you had on that, it was the Monet or something, because we were talking yeah, about Monet. I called it, we called it the Monet Bodice. Now, is that what yeah. you called or that's what it's called? That's what we named it. Yeah. That's what you named it. Oh, yeah, yeah that's pretty we nice. Well, your outfit stuff. is on point today. Well, thank you. You look great. Yeah. In the box, we have Trelvis. Trelvis, how are you, buddy? I'm great. I'm great. How about y'all? Pretty good, man. Can't complain. Did you have a good week? I did. Yeah. I did. My week was uh, really good. How about y'all? Y'all week was okay? Yeah, it was pretty good. Um, I was been a little bit, uh, you know, busy this week because we're actually leaving town uh, to go on a little weekend trip. Yes. Uh, going to Las Vegas. Okay. Yeah. Have you been to Las Vegas? Yes, I've been there a couple times. Have you? I'm not a big gambler, but I like yep. the entertainment and the food. Totally. That's yep. what I like. And Absolutely. to people watch, like walk around. Oh, it's the best people watching. Yeah. Travis, have you been? I've not. I've never been, been to Vegas. Yeah, I've, oh. I've never been to Vegas before. <laughs> you got to check it out, buddy. Yeah, I heard. I heard it's a good time. I'm not into gambling either. Yeah. Um, but I would just go for like the shows. You know what I'm saying? The lights, yeah. the action. Just for sure. Food. So I will tell you that in my past, I used to gamble uh, a lot. I actually played in the World Series of Poker a couple of times. Nice. And when I was in my uh, residency training, I actually made quite a bit of money playing poker. I used to watch it. Yeah. Oh yeah, it was really hot for a while. <laughs> um, so I got into it a lot and my brother was into it and like we would play tournaments and I actually won quite a bit of money playing poker. Nice. Um, but that all being said, nowadays, I don't really gamble that much anymore. Like, What's your favorite thing to play now though, besides poker? Well, if, if you're, okay, for so if I really, really wanted to make money, I would play poker again. Because okay. I mean, poker, you're playing against other people, right? Yeah. So skill comes into it. When well, you're like, if you're just like chilling. Probably blackjack. I knew um, you were going to say that. Did you? Yeah. Well, I like craps better, but let me tell you the difference. And, and, I, used, and I say that I used to gamble a lot. I, I did it more for like, try to make money than just like for fun. For fun yeah, because yeah, I really got into like the math of it and mm -hmm. like statistically what is the best game to play and and I'll shocker none of the games statistically you have an advantage over the house yeah. and so but um, I would say blackjack you have really close to 50 50 it's I think it's like 52 48 the house advantage if you play it properly now craps I do love um, and craps is one of the few games in a casino where you can actually get true odds for your money behind the pass line which I'm sure a lot of people are like I'm speaking a different language, but in craps, like you make your one bet and then behind that you can bet again and that bet has true odds. But yeah. the problem with craps is that in order to play it properly, your bankroll has to be huge. Yeah, and I've like, never played before. It looks yeah. really intimidating. Yeah, there's a lot of rules and there's a lot of different things you can bet on and most of the bets are bad. Like mm -hmm. most of the bets in craps have a high house advantage. 
the the behind the pass line bet actually is even, but like it just is expensive. Like if I was gonna play craps like with the you know to play it properly, like you really have to buy in for like two or three thousand. Like if you're playing to make money, yeah, not just playing for fun, yeah. And I just I'm at the point in my life where like I just I don't know it just doesn't interest me that much to like lose that money like really quickly. Yeah, last um, time I, I went to a casino, I just spent a hundred dollars and I was like I'm good with that. Yeah, so I will tell you like nowadays when my wife and I go out to Vegas, like really we don't gamble that much. Yeah. Like I probably will put money on the Dallas Stars to win the cup because you know yes. why not. Um, and we probably will spend one afternoon going to like one of the really like crappy casinos where you can play like dollar craps. What's that? What's the old Vegas? Uh, well, it's like Main Street, uh, like the old Main Street yeah, area. That place is sketchy. It's totally sketchy. But you can like play gambling on the cheap down there yeah. and like they'll bring you beer. Where the so, golden nugget is. Yeah, the golden right? nugget, yeah. right? And Binion's, really I think. Sketchy. Yeah. Well, actually, when I did the World Series, it was down there. Both years, I think it was at that Binion's place down on in the old town. And, and and just for somebody like me who doesn't like, I've 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 not gambled probably maybe like one time. We went to like Winstar and yep. we did the slots, and I spent forty and was done. But yep. craps is that the one where you put like black and red? And then no, that's roulette. That's roulette. Yeah. So what exactly is craps? So craps like just I mean I could talk for an hour on craps, but I don't <laughs> want to bore you guys. Death. But like with craps, you have dice and you make a roll, right? And mm -hmm. so the object of the game is to make that roll again before you roll seven. But uh. with dice, like basically the chances of you rolling a seven is one in six, right? Because no matter what number on the dice pops up on one, there's a corresponding number that can make it a seven, right? If you dot, if you roll a one, then a six or three or four, right? Makes sense. So your odds to roll a seven are the highest. And mm -hmm. so you roll a number, which is called your point, and then you try to roll it again before you roll seven. And if, if you roll a seven, all the money goes away. But there's like a million side bets in craps. <laughs> and it's really exciting, like honestly. Mm -hmm. I, I, like to, I like to watch, I like to play, but I just, when I play like a game, I have to play it properly. And to play craps properly, you gotta you gotta spend money. Yeah. Um, and they do it on purpose because like they make the bet minimum so high that it makes those bets have to be really high to play it properly. So yeah. With your know. description of it, I've, I've I've now I can say I've seen craps play. Yeah, they just have not the at, stick. Yeah, yeah, just, the stick, right? Yeah, just, just not at the casino. <laughs> oh, <right. laughs> I've seen it. I've seen it play before, I mean, just not at the casino. Yeah, interesting, man. <laughs> um, but anyway, so yeah, we're gonna head out there, and I think Aerosmith's playing one night. That's cool. So we're gonna catch Aerosmith, and the Chainsmokers are playing at Excess, which is a club at nice. the Wayne. Which, but uh, whenever I went there, I went to like a burlesque style, like uh, circus, circus. Like Cirque du Soleil or something? Yeah, or? but it was like burlesque. Yeah. And There's then, a lot of good shows out there. Word, burlesque. Yeah. I mean, the, the it, was, it was risque. Anyways, um, and then we ate at Gordon Ramsay's. Oh, yeah, totally. Yeah. So, yeah, so when my wife and I go out there, like, we may gamble, like, like part of one day. But, like, we're going to hit concerts. We're going to hit clubs. We're going to hit restaurants, shopping. You know, um, probably hit the pool one day. Like, there's just so much to do out there. The funnest, I think the funnest thing about Vegas is, like, I think most casinos there, like, as long as you're playing, they'll give you drinks. Yeah, they will. For yeah. free. Mm -hmm. So, like, we're, I think Texans are so used to going to Windstar. You have to like, pay for your drinks, though, yeah, right? Yeah, you have to pay yeah. for your drinks. So, I, you know, whenever I told people that, I was like, yeah, when you go to Vegas, as long as you're playing. Yeah, it's free drinks. Free drinks. And they're like, what? I'm like, yeah. yeah. Well, totally. Yeah, but the thing is, it's like, I mean... If you're in any, so I like to stay at the Cosmopolitan. That's like, I, I mean, I've stayed there many times. I love, love that hotel. 
But like, if you stay in any of those nice hotels, like if you're gonna gamble, like the the minimum is like pretty high. And, yeah. And it's not like you know I can't afford it. It's just like I don't know. I I just don't care to do it. Yeah. I I'd think I stayed out. in the one that was like Roman inspired. Oh, it's Caesar's Palace. Yeah. 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 Caesar's. I think so. <laughs> yeah. Maybe. Yeah, it's probably yeah, it's probably that one. Yeah, Caesar's Palace. Yeah, I've I used to go out there. So pre-COVID pandemic, we would go at least once a year because there's always a medical conference out there, uh -huh. and so I have to get these things called CMEs or continuing medical education credits. And if you go to a conference, you get like 50 of them, which is about half what you need for the year. And so I can expense that, you know, through my business. And yeah. so basically, my business would pay to send me out to Vegas for like four there's, days. There's conferences there all the oh, time. Oh yeah, totally. That's it's... where that uh, fashion thing I wanna go to, it's called Magic. Oh yeah. Where you go there and see all the wholesale vendors for boutiques oh, and yeah. clothing stores and stuff. Are you gonna, have you done that before? No, that's one of my goals. Like I'm not gonna do it like willy nilly. Like I wanna get to a certain point in your point business. in my business yeah. and then I wanna reward Now you started your business like right around the start of the pandemic, didn't you? Yeah, like three months before oh, the pandemic. Man. Let's just say my first year of business, I consider uh, not to exist. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I'm sure it was rough. I feel for you. Hey, but you know what? I'll say this: like you survived. Yeah. I mean, there's a, I'm sure a lot We're of people. We're still floating around. Yeah, there's a lot of people that go. started businesses and then the pandemic just wiped them out. Yeah. You know, a lot of places that I used to go to, you know, up there in Denton, where we, well, I don't, you live in Aubrey, don't you? Yeah. Yeah, but, I don't, but like where we work in Denton, like. Yeah, there's a couple of places that I like to go to that just aren't there anymore. The pandemic mm -hmm. killed them. Sad. Yeah. Well, I'll definitely have to take some pictures of Vegas. Like, I, I love that town. So I'll see what trouble I can get into out there. <laughs> <laughs> and Trovis, you got to go sometime, man. Yeah, facts. No, that's going to be the next trip I plan, Vegas. All right. Let's do it. All right, well, let's move on to our first segment today. And we're going to do a plastic surgery 411. Okay. And I really like this topic because it's something I think that a lot of people can learn from and is how to choose a plastic surgeon. And the reason I wanted to talk about this is because being a plastic surgeon, I just, I kind of like have heard people talk uh, when they come in to visit for a consult about, you know, how they maybe ended up with me. And um, it can be pretty confusing because I think nowadays a lot of people end up just getting a plastic surgeon off the internet. Well, mm -hmm. when you get on the internet and you start looking, it can be a little bit overwhelming, yeah. especially in a place like this, if you live in a large city, because I think in the Metroplex, there's around 400 plastic surgeons. Like, right. it's, it's quite- it was, it, For me, it was really easy. I just used uh, one of my friends, she recommended um, a plastic surgeon to me. And plus I lived in Georgia. Oh, I don't know in, how yeah. prevalent Georgia. Did you, did you live like in a big town or? Uh, I had to go to Savannah. Savannah. Yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah. I mean, it's probably easier like if you live in a small town because there may be one or two and like everybody probably, you know, knows them, you know, like here in the Metroplex, like if you were to, you know, see how many plastic surgeons are in a 10 or 15 mile radius of where we're sitting right now, it's probably a hundred. So it's like, how, how do you pick, right? Yeah. So I wanted to do a little segment on that um, because it can be confusing. There's a lot of choices. And you know, the average person who doesn't have a medical background can, I mean, I don't wanna say that they're not smart because it's not that, but it can be confusing when you look at someone's webpage because anyone can make a webpage that looks good, right? So how do you know who's good and who's not? And that's what I kind of want to cover. So. The first thing I would say if you're choosing a plastic surgeon is I highly, I mean, cannot stress this enough to avoid medical tourism. Um, what that does is, that mean? 
Medical tourism? Oh, I'm so glad you asked. <laughs> so medical tourism is when you leave town to go have a medical procedure. Okay. So in this case, you would go to another country potentially to get plastic surgery. Okay. And that's actually a pretty big problem these days. Um, I still take call at a, at a trauma hospital. And I would say once a month on average, I get a consult for somebody who did medical tourism, plastic surgery, and has they have a bad complication. Yeah. And what they do is they go to places like Mexico or Dominican Republic where the cost is like dirt cheap. And so basically they, they think of it as like they're getting a vacation and surgery for a cheaper price than they can have to have surgery in the United States. Mm. And you know, on the face value of that, it's like, oh, that sounds appealing, right? Like I'm gonna have my surgery done, I get a vacation and it's gonna cost me less than doing it here in, in the States. But I just can't express like what a bad idea that is, you know. I, as I said, to me. well, I mean, as <laughs> I've said on this show before, like I'm one of the biggest critics of plastic surgery, you know, and I think that's good. You want to like police your own specialty, and even here in the United States, it's not perfect. Like there's right. some sketchy plastic surgery happening, but when you start talking about having plastic surgery in another country, I mean, it's the wild west. I mean, at least here in the United States, we try to do a job of regulating who can and cannot do these procedures. In other countries, like you just have no idea what you're getting. I mean, it's hard enough here in the United States to know if your plastic surgeon is, is properly certified, but in Mexico, Dominican Republic, I mean, I don't, I don't know if it's even possible. Mm. And so, you know, that is to me the biggest thing is the lack of oversight and regulation. And then just the fact that I take care of so many patients that have, that have you know, been yeah. like maimed, honestly. I mean, I, there's people that I've seen that have had surgery done out of the country and they come back and they have problems so bad that even I can't fix it. And I do that kind of stuff. So what's like the number one surgery that people like do medical uh, tourism for? Tummy tucks, as I see, you know, and the problem is, is that, you know, I do a ton of tummy tucks yeah. and of all the surgeries I do, that does carry a, a little bit higher complication rate yeah. because it's kind of stressful to the tissues. I've seen it. Yeah. yeah. And so, you know, if you go out of the country where maybe it's not as sterile or the technique's not as good, Being like on yep. an airplane, that's right. Yeah, gross. I mean, there's just so many bad things about it. Plus, what really is like the worst is that when you have a complication, generally it's not right after your surgery. So they go and have these surgeries done, and then they leave, come back home where they have no resources to see their surgeon, and then they have complications, yeah. and then they end up in the ER and like. You know, where I take call, like I'm a, I have a contract with the hospital, so I'm required to take call. But like if you went into like a private hospital and you had some plastic surgery complication, if they had a plastic surgeon, they're just going to tell you, go to your surgeon. Like they don't, they don't want to see you, mm. you know? So um, also too, you have really no recourse. Like if you have a bad outcome, like how do you sue somebody in another, in another country? country? Yeah, you can't yeah. do it. So that's my biggest thing is avoiding medical tourism. And then secondly, and we kind of talked about a little bit is you do want to make sure that your plastic surgeon is certified only by the American Board of Plastic Surgery. Right. Um, I'm going to do an, a segment on that at some point because fake plastic surgeons in the United States are a... What's, what are the, what's the other board? Well, there's a lot of them. There's a lot of fake boards. And so the next question that usually pops up at this point is, okay, what is what signifies a certified board versus a fake one? And there is an organization called the American Board of Medical Specialties, and they basically set which boards are recognized as legitimate. Okay. And so if you want to go to, say you're a doctor, and you want to go to a hospital, and you want to get privileges to do something, 
they're going to ask you, did you go to a program that was accredited by the ACGME? So that's what regulates programs. And is your board certification from one that's a American Board of Medical Specialties certified? Mm -hmm. And if it's not, you can't get privileges. Okay. But the problem is, is that there is nothing stopping a doctor from having a procedure room in their office and doing anything that they or want to do and anything that you as a patient are willing to agree to. So there's an issue with doctors that are not plastic surgeons advertising as cosmetic surgeons, and then they will do these surgeries in their office that really they're not trained to do. And so it's, it's kind of sketchy. In fact, uh, it really kind of upsets me a bit that the laws are lax enough to allow people to do that. And sometimes people get in trouble because invariably what happens is if they're not trained to do these, they have enough complications that, you know, maybe the medical board comes after them. That sounds so scary. Yeah, totally. And the <laughs> problem is, is that their website will look every bit as good as like, say, my website. It'll say I'm board certified and they'll oftentimes leave out what board it is that they're certified. Yeah. And they'll use one of the fake boards that anyone can get certified by. Mm -hmm. And so as a consumer, you look at that and you're like, oh, this person's totally legit. They have a web page and they're board certified and you know, they say they're good. And you know, in, in reality, like they're not really trained to do the procedures that they're doing. So American Board of Plastic Surgery, that's the only one that, that really is. I um, learn something new every day. I well, I'm glad that you're learning something. I'm like yeah. Wow. You had no idea. Right. We're going to do a segment on that the because it is a problem. I, it's kind of yeah. one of my pet peeves. Right. Because, you know, as if plastic surgery doesn't, you know, get a bad enough name, then you get people who aren't even plastic surgeons out there doing bad things. And yeah. it just really bugs me. But well, the medical field, anyways, you have to put a lot of trust into your right. Doctor. Exactly. Right. So. Yeah. And how do you have trust in somebody who's like, you know, actively deceiving you? Yeah. yeah. That's crazy. So the other thing, if you're choosing a plastic surgeon is you do want to kind of think about, do you want to see a specialist? Mm -hmm. Right. Because there are specialists within plastic surgery. I, you I are? being one of them. Yeah. I'm a, I'm a breast and body specialist. And there's, you know, specialists in hand, specialists in um, craniofacial, specialists in facial cosmetic. And you do want to ask them if they say they're a specialist, okay, what makes you a specialist, right? And for me, the answer is, well, after I finished my plastic surgery training, I did another whole training program in cosmetic breast and body surgery and have, you know, a certificate from that. Now, there's not a board certification for that, so it's not, you know, quite as involved as doing plastic surgery, but it does make me a specialist. Yes. With something. With something, right. Yeah. So I think that, you know, there's nothing wrong with going to a general plastic surgeon. You know, there's a lot of people out there that, you know, do all kinds of plastic surgery and maybe they're excellent at it. So I'm not saying you have to go to a specialist at all, like, but they do exist. And so that's something to think about, you know, do I want to seek somebody out that only does the procedure I'm doing or is it, you know, is somebody else you know, fine. A lot of times specialists will charge more, you know, yeah. like, and, and I do that in my practice. Like I'm a little bit more expensive than some of the guys right around me because I can, you know, demand it. Cause there's like a, I mean, a general plastic surgeon yeah. and then like there's general like medical doctors, Right. there's also specialists. There are specialists, right? Sometimes so. you pay a little bit more. Yeah. Um, another thing that's actually really good if you're seeking out a plastic surgeon is to ask any friends you have that are in medicine. I have a saying, it's like, do you want to know who the best doctor is? You ask other doctors who they go to. That's what I was talking to Justin from the brewery about. Oh, really? Yeah. We were yeah, talking. Go He's like, Justin. if you ever need a surgery, just ask me. I was like, well, I have. Yeah. I already have somebody too. 
Totally. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's funny, like, because people ask me, like, okay, what doctor you recommend? And, and not like I go to a bunch of doctors because I'm, I'm not really the best patient, but I, I do have a couple doctors I go to. I'm like, oh, go to the doctor I go to mm -hmm. because I know them. I know their outcomes. And so, you know, if you, I mean, not everyone has friends who are doctors, but a lot of people have friends who are nurses. Yeah. You know, there's so many nurses out there that if you know anyone in the medical field, they generally will have an insight as to, um, you know, who's, who's really good at what they do. Yeah. The other thing as far as picking a plastic surgeon is I think you should have really high expectations for your consult. Mm -hmm. You know, one of my pet peeves when I was going through training is those plastic surgeons that wouldn't spend any time with their patients. Some of those guys can be good, but boy, I really do believe that the best plastic surgeons spend time with their patients to find out exactly what it is that they want to accomplish. One thing that a lot of people will say negatively about plastic surgery is I went to this plastic surgeon and we agreed on a procedure, but when I got to the other end of it, it wasn't what I wanted. Mm -hmm. Like maybe they got a breast augmentation that was too big, or maybe you know they got liposuction, but it wasn't exactly what they wanted. And I think that you can get into trouble if like you go and see somebody and they don't give you that time for you to explain what you want and for them to understand mm -hmm. it. So um, have high expectations when you go do a consult. You know, make sure that the expectations of the surgeon and yours match. And if they don't make that clear, then you, you might Go look elsewhere. It's like an interview process. It is an interview. I like think it job. is an interview they are. process. You're giving yeah. them a job pretty totally. much. Totally, yeah. yeah. Um, it is important to look at before and after pictures. You know, I've been in practice 12 years, so when someone comes in, I can almost always find a picture of someone that looks like them mm -hmm. before and, and looks like that they want to look afterwards. Nice. Now, um, yeah, I mean, part of that's because I've been around for so long. But I do think it's important that you see pictures of the work that the surgeon's doing. You know, nowadays with social media, I mean, you can almost just go to their social media and check it out. Mm -hmm. So, and the last thing I would say is don't be afraid to get multiple consults. I, I actually encourage that even, you know, for patients that come to me, mm -hmm. um, because one, I feel confident that people come to me, like they're going to, they're going to come back. They're going to come back, you know, but, um, I, I think it's just good to, cause you may go to someone and you're like, okay, well that person seemed all right. But then you go to, to the next surgeon, like, wow, this person and I really kind of connected. I feel like they really, you know, know what I want done and I feel more comfortable with them. Yeah. And, and I think that that is where the best outcomes come is from when you establish that relationship with somebody and you feel good, you know, good about the, I mean, yeah, you got to trust them. Yeah, totally. So, so anyway, I hope that's helpful. You know, it, um, it can be a big thing. I, I can imagine as a, as like, if I was non-medical, it's like, yeah, how do you pick a doctor? Right. Oh, I was scared. I actually, well, now you know yeah. somebody you can just ask me or Justin. Well, yeah, I remember going to get, um, my consult when I was like 21, maybe. Yeah. Did you just go to one person? Uh-huh. Yeah. But it was because one of my really good friends had used him, had yeah. used him and uh, well, I actually took two of my best friends from, in Georgia, and we all went there together. Did you? Because yeah. I was so nervous about it. Yeah. So. Well, and, and that's one thing that I didn't mention, that, because you mentioned it is, you know, ask people that are willing to talk about their plastic surgery. Yeah. You know, that can be a little bit trickier because... Um, you know, sometimes one person will have a good outcome and maybe not everyone does. So you need a bigger picture than that, but it doesn't hurt, you know, yeah. to ask. And online reviews too, we forgot to mention that. Online reviews are big. People leave those all the time now. And yeah, you can I've really seen do. some of yours on oh, Instagram. Thanks. Oh yeah, we put them on Instagram. Yeah. yeah. All right, well, let's move on. We're gonna do another 411 segment, but this one's medical. Okay. And this is about a current event, uh, the pandemic. And I got a video that I wanna roll before we start talking. Can you roll it, Travis? Mr. President, first Detroit auto show in three years. Yeah. Is the pandemic over? 
The pandemic is over. We still have a problem with COVID. We're still doing a lot of work on it. Uh, it's, but the pandemic is over. If you notice, no one's wearing masks. Everybody seems to be in pretty good shape. And so I think it's changing, and I think this is a perfect example of it. Last week, the number of weekly reported deaths from COVID-19 was the low since March 2020. We have never been in a better position to end the pandemic. We're not there yet, but the end is in sight. All right, so we got both President Biden as well as the head of the WHO, the World Health Organization, and Biden saying that the pandemic's over, maybe a little bit off the cuff, but you know, saying the pandemic's over. And you got the World Health Organization leaders saying that the end is in sight. And so it brings up the question of, are we really at the end of the pandemic? Um, I don't know, I'm gonna, before we dive into this, what do you think, Sarah? Do you think the pandemic's over? Um, I still definitely see people wearing masks still. Sure. One yeah. of my friends, friends, got uh, a positive test for COVID. So really? it's still floating around yeah. there for yeah. sure. I don't think it's as like scary for anybody. Sure. Yeah. I never got COVID. So Did you? yeah. Did you get the vaccine? I Good. just got the two. You got the two. Yeah. I didn't get booster or anything and yeah. I didn't make my daughter do it either. Yeah. So Travis, what do you think? Uh, is the pandemic over? Um, so I won't say the pandemic is over. But um, I, I don't think it's, it's like as big, um, like level wise as like a pandemic. Like, I guess we can't say it's like, you know, it's rampant, but yeah. I think there is still a problem with it. Yeah. Like, I, I think we do have to be cautious and make sure we wash our hands, staying like socially distant to a certain extent and still like masking up. Yeah, so, I, I definitely am. And yeah. I did get the vaccine, too. Like, like did Sarah you? said, I got the two. I didn't get the yeah. booster or anything else, but I did get the, uh, the original. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I think that you guys hit it on the head. Like, I mean, I would say almost exactly what you guys said that, yeah, I mean, things are definitely getting back to normal, but I mean, I wouldn't say the pandemic's over. Yeah, um, I just think the fear is gone. I definitely think the fear is gone. You know, uh, I actually, Anthony Fauci came out after, you know, because Biden said, oh, the pandemic's over. And then Fauci actually came out like almost immediately. He's like, well, maybe it's not quite over yet. You know, all things are turning better. And I, I kind of agree with Fauci on that, that, you know, things are better. It's a little early to declare victory. Yeah. I, I started digging into the stats on it. You know, I'm a stats guy, right? It's yeah. like, we're going to talk about something. I'm looking at the data. Right. And so right now we're still seeing about every single day, we're getting 50 to 60,000 new cases per day and about 400 deaths per day. So that's- How does that compare to flu? Uh, so in, okay, so, let's, so in the, we talked about that, was yeah. that last week? Yeah. yeah, so last week, every year, we're getting around 30, 35,000 deaths and about 400,000 hospitalizations and way more cases than that. So if you look at the deaths right now, we're looking at, if it stayed like it is right now, we're looking at 150,000 deaths per year still from COVID. That's a lot. I mean, that puts it well into the top 10 of like most, you know, uh, top 10 causes of death in the United mm -hmm. States. Now, to be fair, and nowadays, most of the deaths are coming from, from patients who are really at risk. You're talking like elderly patients, especially elderly patients that have other comorbidities, COPD, you know, diabetes, pneumonia. COPD, right? So it's not like in the early days of the pandemic when you're seeing, you know, people that are 40, 50, you know, and healthy 60 year olds, you know, go down from, mm -hmm. from COVID. 
But, you know, when you look at the numbers like that, I mean, it's hard to say the pandemic's over. I mean, I do agree that the, like, the urgency of, like, the shutdown of society is not there. Like, hospitals are not getting overrun. Yeah. You know, I mean, you still hear about things like supply chain issues. Um, but, you, you know, let's compare it, though, all right? So we, we know there's 400 deaths per day and 50 to 60,000 cases. At the peak of the pandemic, we were getting 800,000 new cases per day, 800,000. So we're way down, we're, it's about 5% of what we were in cases per day. And the deaths were at the peak three to 4,000 per day. Wow. So we're about 10% of the deaths and about 5% of the cases. So definitely, I think that we got a handle on it. Um, you know, I would have hoped after three years that we could have wiped it out. But unfortunately, I think COVID's gonna be more like the flu and less like something like smallpox. Yeah, know? that's definitely, the, I mean, my mom thought that too. Yeah. The Miss Public Health Nurse. But like, I just remember thinking like, this is probably, especially when they came out with the vaccine, I was like, we're gonna have to yeah, get a, a COVID reality. vaccine every year, just yeah. like a flu vaccine. Cause I bet it, there's gonna be a yeah. new strain that's yeah. come out and that's and that's what we've stuff. seen with covid is you know i actually i talked a lot about covid during the pandemic it's honestly one of the things i build up my social media with is yeah. i would do like these like weekly live streams which is how this show evolved uh and we talk about covid and it was interesting how the variants changed you know that alpha strain was pretty lethal like i mean comparatively you mm -hmm. know it was it was pretty dangerous compared to like the Delta and the Omicron that we see today. And, you know, I, I think what you're seeing is just the evolution of the virus, right? Yeah. You know, it's, we, we got the, the vaccine out and then, you know, strains that were maybe less lethal, but more infectious, like survived. But the good thing is, is that, you know, nowadays with so many people being vaccinated, even if they end up getting COVID, they tend to have much, much more mild courses. Yeah. You know. I never got COVID. I was vaccinated, double vaccinated and boosted early on being in the hospitals. Yeah. Um, same thing with my wife. She never got it, um, but our kids did, you know, and my son got it when he was vaccinated. He got Omicron and then my daughter got it, but yeah. she she's younger, so she hadn't been vaccinated yet. I never got it. The interesting thing is, though, is that even though my daughter got COVID and I didn't realize she had it because she had the really weird symptoms of it. Like she was sick and I was literally like sitting right next to me and I think she even slept in our bed, you know, cause my wife was out of town. I never got it. Yeah. And I think it's, you know, it's, I have to say it's the vaccine, you know, Probably, the vaccine yeah. and the boosting. Um, but yeah, it's a really interesting thing. I was kind of looking to at like, what is the general consensus of, of the, of the United States right now? Like I know everyone's, you know, pandemic fatigue, but what does the average person think? And you know, at this point, we're seeing across the United States about two thirds of people saying that they never wear masks anymore. Yeah, I don't. I really, I mean, I do. I wear them at work. You yes. know, the hospital yeah. still require it, and you know, the wound clinic out requires it. I wear it in my office out of respect for my patients. You know, sometimes if they're not wearing a mask, I'll say, "Do you care if I wear a mask?" And if they say no, I'll take it off. Um, but yeah, if you go out in public, you're not seeing them as much. And some of it is regional. We live in Texas here, so. You know, Texas was not having like all the mandates, you know, um, and so I think in this location you're seeing not people not being quite as precautionary. Yeah, I think I think the the demographic I've seen the most wear masks, at least coming into my store, just like older people. But yeah. I mean, they should. I mean, they're the ones that are most asked, right. at risk. So yeah, maybe totally. they they might have some type of you know autoimmune yeah. issue that. 
Yeah, my mom, um, right. so my mom's still living. She's in her 80s. Uh, she also has leukemia, but it's under, in remission. Yeah. And uh, I was really kind of on her about being careful. I was like, especially when like Alpha was out, I was like, look, just don't get out. I'll bring you groceries, you know, don't get out. Cause you're like the classic person that would die from this. You know, mm -hmm. even though she's, she's not in bad health, you know, she's, she does have cancer, but it's in remission, but she's older, you know? And so I was super nervous about her. And, and my wife's parents too, you know, they're both older and they actually did get it. They, my mom never got it, but my wife's parents got COVID and fortunately they got after they were vaccinated, boosted and they got Omicron and they were fine. Nice. I mean, well, I say they were fine. They were, you know, they were saying that they were felt pretty sick, but like they didn't have to go to the hospital. Yeah. You know, so, um, yeah, I think that most people, the other statistic is like, I, I found a statistic that was purely, you know, do you think life's back to normal? And so it's pretty interesting. 20% of people said life is completely back to normal. 20% of people said, no, everything is totally terrible. And then the bulk 60% said somewhere in the middle. Yeah. So I don't know. I don't think the pandemic is quite over. I'm definitely happier now than I was a year ago. Same. Yeah. Things are a lot better, you know, uh, Yeah. for, for all <laughs> intents and purposes, you know, people are out doing stuff, which is good. You know, I, the lockdown was bad for everyone, bad for business, your business, yeah, I'm sure. Yeah, it was. It was bad for my business. So, you know, I'm glad that people are kind of getting back to normal. Um, I do, I you were right though. Like the, this isn't going to be something that goes away. No. You know? It's not like smallpox where you eradicate it and it's gone forever. Like COVID's going to be hanging around and you know new strains will come out and then you know we'll probably have to get you know new vaccines and stuff yeah i mean you said smallpox and then there's that what was that other disease that's they tried to like they were talking about how it like is coming back uh syphilis monkey. is coming back no they're talking about i mean that's awful but monkeypox <laughs> oh monkeypox yeah yeah monkeypox i keep saying like i took my I daughter to like urgent care because you thought she had monkeypox? No, she got, <laughs> no, she got, uh, I mean, they might have thought that she had monkeypox, but um, she got um, staph. Staph, yeah. A staph infection yeah, on her really legs. Yeah. yeah. And I was like, oh my gosh, I hope they don't think this is monkeypox <laughs> monkey or pox. something. <laughs> I thought about doing a segment on monkeypox, but like, it was like, it kind of hit and I was kind of watching it to see like, okay, is it worth even talking about this? And then I don't, I don't think it really got out of control. Yeah. And so, yeah, it's always, it's been on like my B list of topics like, oh, should we do a monkeypox topic? I don't know, but it's good stuff. Yeah. It's interesting to talk about, like, I mean, this is our life now, right? It's like preparing for like the next big, you know, pandemic. That's so. horrible. All right. We're going to do a little bit of social media stuff. You know, as when I'm, when I'm prepping for the show, I'm always looking like in the news, like, is there stuff about medicine? Is there stuff about plastic surgery? And I actually saw a news article about a TikTok that went viral, but it had to do with plastic surgery. I don't know. I hadn't seen it, but once again, I, 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 I tend to put more stuff out than I consume. So mm -hmm. I, I hadn't seen it, but I just cracked up when I saw it. I thought we would talk about it. It's more funny than really anything informative. All right, roll the TikTok, Travis. Okay, I'm gonna jump on this trend. Five things I would never do having worked in the plastic surgery field for 35 years and having worked for two of the world's finest plastic surgeons. Number one, I would never get breast implants. Number two, never get fillers in your face. Number three, never ever get a laser peel. Number four, never under any circumstances combine a facelift with a tummy tuck. And number five, most important of all, do not hunt for a bargain in plastic surgery. There ain't one. <laughs> so you, have you seen that one? Yes. You did see it? Yes. It cracked me up like, so that has 4 million views, which I mean, <laughs> you know, that's a lot of views. Like I think I only have one video that has more views than that. So that's definitely a viral video. And it's viral yeah. enough that someone 
wrote like a, an article about it. Yeah, you know, I saw it and she said plastic surgery and I was like, I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> nope. Um, so anyway, I, I found that kind of humorous, you know, um, and, and also it's worth discussing because I mean, this is the problem with social media is like people will post something and for whatever reason it goes viral and then millions of people see that and a lot of people just take it on face value. They're like, oh, well, this lady, you know, she worked in plastic surgery for 30 years and she's saying these things are bad, so they're bad. Yeah, she said breast uh, implants. Yeah, breast implants. So I was going to kind of go like, through each yeah, one. Yeah, whenever she said that, that's what I meant to say. I, as soon as she, oh, said, she breast said breast implants, implants are bad, you're like, yeah, no, I she didn't like, know what she's talking about. I was like, no. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, yeah, so I was just going to go topic by topic. So, you know, breast implants, like... I keep promising we're going to do the breast implant illness. That's kind of the hot topic thing about implants right now. Um, and we are going to do a segment on that. But I mean, honestly, like, you know, I would ask somebody like that to like come to my practice where, I mean, I mean, I do, you know, breast plants almost every week. I've been doing that for years and I don't have people coming back with problems. Like we occasionally, the biggest thing for me with breast implants and anyone across the country is the chance of getting scarring, like the breast implant getting hard. That's just the biggest risk of implants bar none. But, you know, the thing is, if you get that, it's easily fixable. So it's like, okay, well, is that such a terrible thing? Um, I guess she's probably referring to like that really rare cancer that's associated with implants. But even that's like super, super rare. And yeah. and it's only affiliated with the, the textured implants, which really we don't use in the United States. Now, she sounds, I think, British or something. Yeah. She, I, is she I, British? Do you know her? I, no, but I think just by looking at like her, so I feel British. like, <laughs> no, but I feel like she's, she's British. I feel like she might have changed her lifestyle. Like she used to maybe be more superficial. And oh more, yeah, maybe, and so, I don't like, know. She, I mean, that's what I've noticed because it's really popular on TikTok to talk about like, oh, All I natural. took my, yeah, I took my implants out and I feel so much better about right. myself yeah. and I feel Well, there, like, that's a big topic. You know, I, we yeah. are going to do that. We may have to do it like the next couple episodes, but. But yeah, I don't know. Like, I mean, the overwhelming majority of people who get implants are happy with them. I mean, the yeah. overwhelming majority. I'm so, one of them. Yeah. So. Well, the next thing she talked about was facial fillers. Like, yeah. I mean, I mean, on the one hand, I hate when people go overboard with facial fillers, but like, but if you do them properly, like, they're great. Like, you can literally shave five, ten years off of your appearance by using facial fillers. Like, and there's really no complications with them. I, I mean, in the 15 years I've been in plastic surgery, I've had zero complication with facial fillers. Mm -hmm. So it's like, how do you say that that's a bad thing? Like, I don't know. Like, I, I want more information from this lady. It's like, why did she say these things? Yeah, we'll have to go see if she made any more. And then laser peels. Like, I love laser. I have a laser in my office that I love. I did one on myself and I can tell a difference. Like, absolutely. I'm about to redo it. Like, laser season's about to hit. So I'm about to, like, have Patty. There's my... a laser season. Well, so you don't want to do, so like lasers and broadband light, you don't want to do in the summer because the sun affects the um, potential to have issues. Lasers, not as much, but like definitely intense, uh, IPL intense pulse light. If you've had sun exposure and you get IPL, like you'll burn. Mm. So we really don't do that in the summer unless it's somebody who like hides from the sun, gotcha. you know? Um, but yeah, I did a laser in like January, I think. And man, I loved it. I did it on my wife. I, I could tell a difference on her. Like lasers are great. I don't know what she, maybe she saw somebody's face melt off or something. I don't know. Yeah. But, but the laser that I use, I use a Cyton, um, uh, the Halo and I love it. Like it's great. 
Yeah, yes. I don't know what she's talking about. I think I think she definitely probably just changed her yeah, like lifestyle or outlook on life and is preaching the f to the masses. She might be. It. She <laughs> might have done it just knowing that it you know might blow up. The funny one I thought was combining facelift and tummy tuck. The reason I find that kind of hilarious is like I think about those patients that are getting facelift and tummy tuck and 99 out of 100 times they're not the same patient who gets a tummy tuck it's somebody who's like 30 who just got done having kids they they're the people that get tummy tucks who gets a facelift it's like the 60 year olds like they're, they're not the same patients i mean i have occasionally done tummy tucks on older patients that might be in that population that would want a facelift but like together well, I'm just saying that, like, the reason I think that that's a funny thing for her to say, it's it's two procedures that are done on two different populations yeah. of people. So I just don't understand her, like, aversion to doing them together because, really, they're not done together. Mm -hmm. I mean, there's really no reason you couldn't do them together. I mean, I guess if, like, somebody lost, like, a bunch of weight and, like, they had, like... Maybe. I mean, I think about it, like, would I recommend, so, I mean, honestly, I, I, I almost halfway agree with her because tummy tuck's a pretty big operation and facelift... It's not painful, but there's a lot of swelling and there's dressings that you have to do. And I can imagine it would totally suck to do those if you had a tummy tuck. I mean, I find it comical that she said that, but I kind of agree with her. Like, I probably would recommend people not do that either. It's it's just too big operation. Sounds like a hard month. It would be, definitely. And the last one, I totally agree with her. Don't go for, for bargain basement plastic surgery. Yeah. It's like medical tourism, right? Yeah. Don't, I mean... It's like, why would you go to someone to cut you open that's the lowest bidder? Like, that just sounds like a bad idea. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, I thought that was kind of a funny thing. I love looking at those TikToks about, like, you know, plastic surgery and medicine. Like, they're kind of entertaining. But Yeah. So, all right, Trovis. Time for some questions. Do you have <laughs> any questions? This might be your favorite part of the episode. I do. I can't, I'm looking at the day where we get, like, you know, more questions than we can answer. Thanks. Like Facts. So we do have a few questions. Okay. Um, the first question is, is it normal for plastic surgeons to know about COVID? Oh, because we're talking about the pandemic. Mm -hmm. um, so the reason I know about it, well, two reasons. One, um, I sit on the medical executive committee for a surgery center. And so we were the ones that were responsible for making policies, uh, you know, responding to COVID. Mm. And so because of that, I had to like keep up to date on all the research on COVID. And then the other thing is my wife uh, made COVID policy for University of North Texas. And so like between the two of us, we were like always up to speed on what's happening with COVID. And I like to talk about it like on social media. So, so I'd say no, not normal, but I just happen to know about it. For yeah. sure. For sure. All right. All right. Next question. Um, do patients travel from other states um, for you to do surgery on them. Uh, oh, that's from travel. Lori. Oh, yeah, from a medical child. Um, mm -hmm. So I'm not a huge fan of tourism, even within the United States, only because I really like to see somebody do an evaluation that's hard to do, like in telemedicine. Um, and then also like the follow-ups are hard because I like to see people usually immediately after surgery, so like two or three days, then two weeks, and then two months, and it becomes hard for people to follow up. That being said, if somebody's willing to do the stuff that I want them to do, I will do surgery on people that travel. And um, I have people travel within Texas a lot. Like I've had people, a few people come up from Houston. I've had a lot of inquiries about people from out of state. Um, I've done maybe one or two. Um, in general, I recommend people find a surgeon near them just for the convenience factor. But I mean, if somebody really wants me to do the surgery, I'll do it. But like, I'm not actively seeking you know, oh, come fly to Dallas for me to do your surgery, yeah. you know? 
So. Yeah. One more question. Sure. One more question. Um, would you do a breast augmentation and tummy tuck at the same time? Definitely. Yeah, it's a classic, classic mommy makeover. Mommy makeover is just a trash can term for usually doing a tummy tuck and something else, mm -hmm. um, usually breast related. So yeah, usually, um, I mean, very commonly I do one a week. Mondays are my full OR day, so I'm usually doing mommy makeovers on that day. And it'd be like tummy tuck plus breast lift, breast augmentation, breast lift and augmentation. You know, breast lift in general is a very easy tolerated surgery. So it's okay to combine that with a tummy tuck, which is a little bit more involved. Yeah. So yeah, good questions. Yeah, thanks. Those are all, all right. we have for the week. All right. Well. Thank you so much, everybody, for watching the show. Please hit that like and subscribe button. Leave us a comment, and we will see you next week.